got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto, guys. We go live 9.30 Eastern every single weekday, Monday through Friday, to bring you the latest on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency markets, looking at technical, on-chain, and fundamental analysis. And in today's video, we are going to be talking about the drop that we saw on Bitcoin over the weekend. As little as 15 minutes ago, Bitcoin was trading down at $37,500. In just the last 10 minutes, it has rallied $1,000. There was a massive liquidation that led to Bitcoin dropping. And right now, we're creating a spinning top on the daily chart the question on everybody's mind is where is the support is bitcoin going to bounce relatively soon or are we going to see a bigger drop to the downside have we just ended this rally that we've been in over the last month or is bitcoin just taking some healthy consolidation we're going to be talking a lot about price action today there's a lot more that we need to cover also because for anybody who watches xrp and the ripple case at the sec the two memos we reported on last week have been opened they are extremely favorable for xrp and its case against being a security we're going to talk about that a little bit later we're going to talk about how Cardano is outpacing Ethereum and Litecoin on on-chain activity, how Uber is working towards accepting cryptocurrency. You heard that right. That's a big story. California is looking to accept cryptocurrency on the government level, and Canada is trying to shut down crypto wallets. We have so many on-chain fundamental and technical news stories and updates to bring you today, and I can't wait to dive on into it. If you enjoyed today's video, smash that like button. Let's see if we can get to 1,000 likes before we even get started. We already got 800 people watching. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I am joined, as always, by TA Tam. How you doing, Tam? What's going on, guys? What's the, what are the odds? Like, literally, like, I think the minute we, like, hit send, send it. on this video, the price, like, rally is, like, $1,000. Yeah. That's, Pretty that's about right. Post, we should just post super bearish, super bearish uh, <laughs> thumbnails all the time. And, yeah. Because yeah. then it'll flop. I, it's part that's of what it. we should do. That's part Speaking of it. Speaking of Smay, because uh, <laughs> Kelly comes in before he was introduced. Yeah. Yeah, like Kelly. Smay. Yeah, Kelly. You got to wait your turn there, Kelly. Wait your turn, bro. Come on. Go ahead. Oh, okay. We're good. Oh, we're ready? Yeah. Okay. Can I speak now, Tim? Yeah. Okay, thank we're you. Good. Welcome, Kelly, from uh, the office like 20 feet that way. How you doing, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing well. Got some great rest. You know, Tim and I, all of us here That's at the nice. Crypto Jeb team, McAfee Media, we've been working our little tails off, and we uh, we we allowed ourselves to have a super, 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 double super, quadruple super relaxed weekend so that's very nice uh unfortunately i'll be flying out today uh zach zach's flying out today as well we both uh, uh have to go to our homestead so i'll be going back to new york uh but i'll still i'll still be here on stream uh remotely i might be off uh tomorrow for, with some other things going on in terms of the stream but i will be here and i'm, I'm watching these charts like a hawk man it's uh, a lot of stuff going on bulls and bears but we're going to dive into that in a bit so let's do that yes indeed we are but i'm also joined by zach who's running the controls Definitely Definitely not high, Zach. Are you not high? What's up, guys? No, I'm not high today. Okay. I know. Surprise. Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a good day, and uh, we're going to run everything pretty smoothly. So, guys, just bear with us. Good deal, man. Well, we got a great show lined up for you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and jump into a market pulse, and Kelly's going to take us through some headlines here in about five minutes. And believe me, guys, there are some big stories that we need to talk about. Like I said, we got Cardano absolutely dominating over Ethereum. We got Uber working towards accepting crypto. We got California working towards accepting crypto. We got Canada being a Canada again. And it's going to be interesting, guys. There's a lot to talk about here. But let's go ahead and take a look at CoinMarketCap. Over on CoinMarketCap, we can see that Bitcoin's currently trading at $38,500, up 0.79% in the last 
last 24 hours. It's really up about 0.79% in the last hour. If we look at the minute chart, you guys will be able to see that it wasn't an hour ago that Bitcoin was trading down here at 37.5, and it's already rallied 3% in 36 minutes. So this is a very interesting market that's going on right here. Bitcoin had a small little bear flag right here on the minute chart, and we saw that that bear flag broke to the downside, went all the way through its price target exactly where you would expect it would. It bounced off some key support that you can see out here on the hour on the hourly chart, such as this downtrend right here, and it has been undergoing a small bounce right now. We're going to talk about this more later. We got some bullish RSI divergence and everything. Just want to give you a short price update because the rest of the market is rallying along with it. Ethereum is actually up 3% over the last 24 hours, sitting at $2,700. Don't let that fool you, though, because over the weekend, over the last couple of days combined, Bitcoin and Ethereum both are still down despite being up over the last 24 hours. So we're down about 8% over the last three days on Ethereum and on Bitcoin, we're down over the last three days about 6%. So we are seeing a pretty big drop, but that doesn't mean that the market doesn't have some bullishness because it absolutely does. Binance coin trading sideways, XRP trading sideways. This is an interesting one because we had quite a lot of very bullish news come out about XRP. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but if you want, you can go ahead and pause the video and read uh, James K. Fillin's um, uh, analysis of the memos that were open for XRP. Surprising that we haven't seen XRP bounce with that news, to be honest with you. I think the total market being down is causing that. Solana's down 2%, uh, excuse me, up 2%. Uh, Cardano up 1%. Luna up 7%. That is fantastic. We're actually seeing a somewhat green day here in the cryptocurrency markets. And believe me, guys, I love green day. Great band. And I also love whenever Bitcoin is green. There are some t uh, coins that are down, though. We got Convex Finance, Neo, Maker, IOTA. Really funny to me that IOTA is still in the top 10. And, or excuse me, in the top 100. Not trying to rag on IOTA, just haven't heard a lot about the Tangle chain here in a couple of years. One final thing I want to mention before I throw it to Kelly for the market uh, headlines is I want to show you the the traditional markets just a, just really quickly. And the reason I'm going to show you the stock market is because I need you to understand that the, the, the drop that's happened recently on Bitcoin really doesn't have a whole lot of anything to do with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's technicals look phenomenal. Bitcoin's fundamentals look phenomenal. Bitcoin's on-chain looks phenomenal. You know what doesn't look phenomenal? The stock market being down 10% in the last 45 minutes, in the last 45 days. That is what's going on here. I just want you to understand, whenever the stock market goes down 10%, crypto normally goes down 20, 30, 40%. You might not like like it, you might think it's stupid. You might think that Bitcoin should be a hedge against the traditional markets, and I would agree with you. The simple fact remains that whenever the traditional markets are down, whenever equities are down, whenever you know commodities, all of these other markets are down, when oil is down, that translates into Bitcoin because it allow it means that the, the the institution in the retail in the traditional sector get too scared to invest in crypto, so they back off and they sell their crypto because they perceive it as risky and they hold it in the stock market because they think the stock market drops less than crypto. And technically, they're right. My final point before I throw it to Kelly is that there is still a lot of news going on with the Russian Ukraine front. I'm not going to get into all of it right now, but we might have time to talk about it a little bit later. That hasn't really kicked off. There's not a whole lot of updates there. The point is though that that is causing a massive amount of fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the global markets, and that is having a very large impact on Bitcoin. So the takeaway I want you to have here, even before we start going through all these news stories, is one, all of the news stories that have anything to do with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are ridiculously bullish. We're going to get to those in a second. And two, all of the news stories that are impacting Bitcoin in a bearish way actually have nothing to do with Bitcoin and crypto, so you really shouldn't be worried about them. Make sure you hit that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 500 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Kelly, take it away. I know we got a lot of fundamentals that we want to cover. 
Absolutely. I said it. Absolutely. So we got, uh, just as you said, we got all kind of great bullish stories. And this is a crazy thing about this market right now. It's basically just been chopping back and forth and the bears and the bulls are just ultimate, like ultimate uh, competition right now. And the bullish news, if we didn't have all this geopolitical stuff, just weighing down on us right now and this uncertainty with the fed, uh, you know, all this stuff, uh, we, we would be flying right now. So that that's good news just to know, uh, note for in terms of how the adoption's going, not only uh, amongst uh, retail uh, retail traders and uh, but institutional and also uh, uh, geopolitical in terms of how we are adopting it on institutional level. But in this case, uh, first I want to jump in this story here. This is showing Cardano outpacing Litecoin and Ethereum on chain activity. Uh, you, you can see right here. Uh, Card- Cardano is again the first network when it comes to the highest transaction volume in the last 24 hours. And you can see this very clearly if you come over here on uh, Masari, which is something I found uh, a few weeks ago. I don't know how I didn't know about this, but they've got a great, a bunch of great info here. But uh, here, just looking at the chains, uh, I selected chains activity, and you can see right here uh, the transaction volume. Uh, we are 17 billion. Bitcoin, Bitcoin's only above us by about 1 billion. Uh, and it's, I mean, it, is far and away above Litecoin, Ethereum. I mean, anything below it. So Cardano, people that think Cardano is dead and it's doing nothing. I mean, you just have to, start, we got to remove our bias sometimes and look at the data. Uh, next next story here we're looking at is Uber, which obviously is a massive, massive transportation uh, company, uh, you know, taxis and such. Uh, they're working towards accepting cryptocurrency payments from passengers, which is this would be a massive, massive adoption story uh, if this were to come through. So we'll definitely be following along with this. Uh, uh, we'll be diving that in a second. Uh, Cal- is California. Oh, yeah, that's what this is. Calif- this is the bill from California legislative. Uh, basically, they're they're putting a bill forward to accept uh, cryptocurrency. And so there's some speculation that California might be also taking the route that uh, I think it was Colorado uh, last week. And we've also had what was it, Arizona had a bill. Uh, Wyoming is super pro Bitcoin. Uh, I'd be really curious to see when Texas uh, starts making some headway on this side because they're very, very crypto friendly as well. But California, for those that don't know, uh, I think it's it with I can't remember the exact total. Jeb, you would know this They're within the top five or 10 economies of the world. Oh, yeah. No, uh, California. Yeah. Ha- California is one of the few economies in the world that has a trillion dollar GDP. The Calif- California's economy alone is larger than about 90 percent of the world's countries. Yeah. Like most of the yeah, Eurozone countries massive. are smaller than California. It's ridiculous. You talk about California adopting Bitcoin. That's like saying in Italy or like, you know, a, 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 a Bangladesh or so one of these countries that has 100 million people living in it adopting it that's huge news yeah and then the next one we saw and i actually think this is just bullish uh for bitcoin you know we had this massive leak on uh, uh credit swiss uh over there in europe and i mean this if this isn't a bullish story i don't know what is uh just because you know this is one of those things that talks about uh the 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 what happens when you have your coin, your uh, assets stored on a centralized uh, centralized storage, whether it be a bank or uh, letting somebody else hold your wallets or basically put it even holding your coins on an exchange like uh, I mean, any major exchange. It's definitely good to have coins and assets on there if you're going to be trading. But this is just one of those stories that, that helps point out how important it is and how amazing it is with Bitcoin or, or you know, and other crypto assets, but specifically Bitcoin, uh, that you can you can you know basically maintain custody yourself. Uh, this is a major major news story. Uh, 
And then, by, by the way, Kelly, sorry to cut you off. I looked it up. California would be the fifth largest economy in the world, ahead of France and the United Kingdom, just behind Germany and Japan as far as their GDP, three trillion dollars. And the last thing, just you know, the lingering story going on with Canada, and Canada's trying to shut down people's uh, Bitcoin wallets. And uh, you'll have to go. I think uh, I retweeted this, and so did Jeb. Uh, Anthony Pompliano retweeted a uh, uh, basically a letter uh, uh, to the Ontario Superior Court Justice, which essentially this is from one of the uh, a wallet uh, wallet or exchanges. This is from the Nunchuck team, which is uh, a essentially one of the uh, crypto wallet custody services basically outlining to them how and why what their request uh what the what the justice request is uh to to basically give them identifying uh identifying who these different protest wallets are essentially letting them know sorry we can't do that that's this is essentially built into and intrinsic to bitcoin uh this is why it's so important so i, I just thought that this is quite a funny letter oh, if you, it's very direct but it, it's, it's it's just it's, there's just I, so much bullish bullishness with all this i just love the final part there please look up how self-custody and private keys work when the canadian dollar becomes worthless we will be here to serve you too said that straight to the ontario ontario superior court of job that is so funny that is so so hilarious that's mm, boom there you go back to you kelly sorry i just thought the karen Karen of governments the karen of governments that's the chat of wallet software providers This is, these are just the stories that we selected. Sometimes people ask why we haven't covered X or Y, whatever story doesn't matter. There's so many news stories every day. We have to we have to figure out what what is basically helping drive not only the narrative of what's happening with price action, but also we need to look forward in Bitcoin or any any asset you're looking at and try to figure out what sort of news is, is shifting the fundamental landscape. So uh, these are the stories we picked today. There's so much, this is why it's so crazy. There's so much bullish news. It's crazy that the price is doing what it's doing, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a part of all market cycles to yep. shake, shake, shake everybody out that it can. It so, uh, yeah, you know, well, we do have a, the, the fear and greed index, I think is at 25 today, but we're having all these bullish news stories. So I'm curious, Jeb and Tim, what your thoughts are with all this bullish narrative, uh, underlying narrative, that's basically in a way being silenced in price action right now. How are you feeling like this is uh, interacting with uh, what's going on, you know, in contention with some of the geopolitical nonsense yeah. that we're still trying to uh, dry, uh, climb our way out of? Let's start with you, Tim. Well, it's, it's a wrestling match going on. Okay, so we have a couple things going on. We have the open sea stuff happening, the hacks over there and the, oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, we have open sea happening, which is discouraging a lot of people from crypto. We are waiting highly in anticipation daily to see will Russia actually invade Ukraine? Of course, the U.S. would love for that for you to believe that that's going to happen. We have to wait to see if it actually happens. But every single day, a new article comes out saying that it's getting gro- closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And closer. Yet it hasn't happened yet. So people, you have people waiting on the sidelines saying, is that actually going to come to fruition? You also have, you know, with the Olympics coming to an end, that's also what people are kind of looking at. Mm-hmm. What is today's the 21st? Today's the 21st, yeah. So does the Olympics end today or yesterday? Or, I'm not sure. I remember I to, it, the 21st reality. was a key day. So, you know, maybe we'll know a little bit more about that tomorrow. Hey, if snowboarding were in the Olympics, I'd watch it. Then, you know, even though they literally told us what's going to happen in the press conference, people are waiting in anticipation for the press conference where Biden comes and makes his executive order where 
he's going to go up on stage and say, we are going to learn more about cryptocurrency. And that's the end of speech. And he's going to walk down and there's going to be more months before we actually see anything happen. But unfortunately, what we, we've seen, you know, this happened the same thing with the Fed news, which to be fair, the Fed news was a little more weighty. But people, the price actually dropped in anticipation or a fear of the unknown of what was happening with that Fed news. In the same way, I think the price is being suppressed right now. Uh, even this p- little pump we've had recently over the last uh, 30 minutes. As great as it is, I don't think it's very consequential. We'll talk about that a little bit more in technical analysis. But it, I, I watch the price just bounce, 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 but just keep going lower because of the fear and certainty and doubt of these news stories. But I do think that we will have some clarity after this week, and that clarity isn't going to be actual clarity. It's just going to be a confirmation to everyone who's worried, oh, these stories are nothing burgers. But – for right now, people think they're really significant, and so therefore, it's suppressing the price. Who remembers? Hey, Jeb. Yes, what's Jeb, up? Jeb, can, can I ask you and Tim, I'm, I'm throwing this up on, on screen real quick. Okay. Uh, what you think about this uh, this message uh, that Altcoin Daily put out, Justin Justin Trudeau announces a new VP of marketing for Bitcoin. <laughs> and, and although this is quite funny and it's tongue in cheek, <laughs> but what are, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, and again, we don't really like getting political on this channel. We try to stay away from politics as possible but as it pertains to some of these decisions and how they weigh on crypto what's your th- why is this relevant why well, even though this is a joke what is going on in canada how is that driving uh, your, well, your thoughts around bitcoin well you know the funny thing is back about a year and a half ago um u-haul announced gavin newsom the the governor of california as the uh, um as a uh, um uh a lead salesperson for the for the year because he was driving so because the, the idea goes okay California is driving so many people out everybody's renting U-Hauls and moving to Nevada and Texas and and Florida so it's pretty funny but the thing you got to keep in mind is Justin Trudeau does not have as much power over the market as he thinks he does. All governments of the world think that they have control over cryptocurrency, and they just don't. They think that they have the ability to control this, but the thing I want you guys to take away from this, and this is one of the most important things that you'll hear on this stream, so please listen to this. We never asked for your permission, governments. We demanded it, and we built something that you can't tamper with. You see how that works? Bitcoin and cryptocurrency was built in such a way that, yes, it's transparent because it is important that money laundering and criminal activity isn't going on, which we talked about with the with the, with the Swiss bank earlier, how there was criminal activity allegedly. I can't say that, but allegedly going back to the 1940s where you had no idea that anything was going on. Bitcoin was built in an open source way so you can see the transactions, but it was also built in a way that it's immutable and that you can't control it and that you can't stop it. Justin Trudeau, just like any other government official, wants to control Bitcoin, wants to control cryptocurrency whenever it doesn't suit his agenda. Now, I'm not going to weigh in too much on everything that's going on with the Canadian truckers and all this stuff going on in Canada. Kelly, if you'd like to talk about that, you go right ahead. You have more information than I do on that. The point I want to make, though, is that Trudeau thinks that he has a lot more power than he does. The Supreme Court, uh, the the uh, the court of in Ontario, uh, what was it? The court of, uh, I forget the name of the court, but the court, uh, Ontario Superior Court of Justice thinks that they have a lot more control than they think they do, and they just don't. Bitcoin is permissionless. So, Tim, uh, excuse me kelly i'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going on in canada as well i mean i, I couldn't agree more with you and i you know i think it's uh it's kind of sad it's sad state of affair for democracy right now for the u.s and for canada and mm-hmm. and, and the fact that unfortunately and, and i don't want to get political but there's no way not to get political about this and i'm not picking a side here but just when you look at a lot of the narrative that the u.s media puts out and uh, i mean all western media puts out about uh you know uh, oppressive sort of news stories or like this, some of the stuff right now we're regulating how big how El Salvador can, uh, you know, what, what it means that they're uh, that they've adopted 
Bitcoin as their legal tender and how we think that they could or should or shouldn't spend that or separate from that, you know, how protests happen, how they should be managed, all the, you know, all these different sorts of narratives. And uh, it's sad when you see some of the way things are playing out right now. And as it relates directly to, you know, a GoFundMe being shut down for the ability to get uh, funding into the, to, to these, the people of these protests, um, and then, you know, Bitcoin being uh, started to take on it. I don't want to say a narrative, but started the option became clear that oh, that was an option as well. And so now, you know, Canadian government trying to shut down wallets, which is, you know, you can't do that. They're completely they're completely immutable. You can't go you can't go and shut somebody down. You can't say it's censorship resistant. Right. So at the end of the day, I think the reason that Altcoin Daily Post about Trudeau being uh, the VP of marketing is exactly pointing that sort of thing out. You know, it's a and that's one of the reasons why Bitcoin. Bitcoin is such a powerful uh, asset and because not only because of the store of value, but because of its immutability, its censorship resistance, yeah. it is your ability to hold. Is there more responsibility on that? Because you have to manage all your keys. And if you lose something, you just send some of the wrong address. Yeah, you can't call up a customer service representative, but they also can't have somebody call into a bank and shut your bank account down mm-hmm. because they don't like how you're using it or what you're using. And is it bad? Well, the credit Swiss, all this stuff ties together. Credit, the credit Swiss leak. The reason why that leak was so uh, profound is because they've identified now that they've been basically holding the funds and, uh, you know, running banking services for a a wide number of uh, criminal organizations. And so, you know, is Bitcoin really that bad when you have basically, you know, the only way you find out about uh, these bad things happening on fiat uh, traditional uh, traditional asset classes. Yeah. Uh, it was when you have leaked documents. The truth is, with Bitcoin, do bad things happen? Sure, but every single thing you do is yourself leaking it by any transaction you're doing because it's all printed on the blockchain. So in yeah. reality, Bitcoin is safer not only because you have custodianship, but also because it's immutable. It's un- yeah. it's censorship resistant, and you know everything is everything is printed right there for everybody to see so it's the best it's the best thing you can have a criminal that wants to money launder on bitcoin is not a very intelligent criminal because all the transactions are public and the thing you guys got to remember is what elon musk said a while ago he said federal governments are corporations with a monopoly on violence and that's exactly what it is and the and the same thing can be said for the for the central banking system you know why the central banks are so terrified of bitcoin and cryptocurrency you know why federal governments are so terrified of bitcoin and cryptocurrency because they had a stranglehold on the international monetary system until 10 years ago when bitcoin Bitcoin was created January 3rd, 2009, about 12 years ago now. When Bitcoin was created, their dominance on power ended in a millisecond. As soon as Bitcoin launched, they had a competitor that they could not stop. You get one case and then it goes global. That's what we saw happen with what happened two years ago. And that's what we're seeing happen with Bitcoin. You get it started and it cannot be stopped. You cannot contain it. And that's what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is. It is finally, finally, an option. That's at its core. What Bitcoin and cryptocurrency provides is an option against tyrannical governments. Now, I'm not making an allegation against any single government when I say that, but I am saying that every single government is overreaching. I'm not making a specific allegation, but I am making a broad and general allegation because every single government of the entire world has overreached and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency provide a solution for we the people to take back that power. Tim, I'd love to hear your thoughts and we're going to go into TA. We have so many stories that we could not cover. One of them 
coming out this weekend was the news about Wyoming looking into their CBDCs. Uh, you know, how long before Canada looks into CBDCs? And the re- reason why is because guess what they just found out? That they didn't know this. Again, so maybe the the mandate that Biden's doing this week will extend into Canada as well as they learn about cryptocurrencies. But how long before they create a CBDC for the sole purpose of the future? Hey, we understand crypto is the future and we need to somehow be able to control people because CBDCs, they absolutely could could shut down oh, yeah. accounts. Uh, so in case in case you have any doubt, I, I think most people watching are already on the side of, hey, I'm not touching a CBDC with a 10-foot pole. But in case there was a part of you who was like, well, maybe that could be interesting, guess what would happen if we actually operated with CBDCs? Canada would absolutely, the government would absolutely be able to shut down accounts and shut you know, down things. So stay in Bitcoin. Don't don't go to CBDCs. CBDCs are the polar opposite of cryptocurrency, and it's right there in the name. What does CBD stand for? CBDC stand for? Central. The first word in the in the initialism of CBDC is central. Centralized. What are cryptocurrency? They're decentralized digital assets. CBDCs are central bank digital currencies. It's a digital currency that's got a central and a bank in it. The whole point of cryptocurrency is for it to be decentralized and for you to be your own bank. So yeah, CBDCs would absolutely be the wrong direction. Guys, hit that like button if you haven't already. Let's get to a thousand likes here in the next couple of minutes. Helps to promote the channel. If you're enjoying today's content, and you think other people will get value out of it. Hitting the like button is one of the first ways that you can help to support the channel. Thank you guys so very much for that continued support. But let's go ahead and look at Bitcoin support because it has been dropping over the weekend. Looking at the daily chart, we can see that not that long ago on the 16th of February, Bitcoin was trading up here at $44,600. Unfortunately, Bitcoin double topped up here and did not manage to continue breaking to the upside up to $52,000 as we would have liked. Right around here was the time that we saw the Russia-Ukraine news start heating up. Right around there was also the time that we were starting to see the SPY, the uh, you know the uh, S&P 500 and the Dow Jones and the rest of the cryptocurrency, uh, the rest of the stock market start to go into a drop. We can see that on the 16th of February, we saw it drop 3% over the following couple of days. So the thing you need to realize the technicals on Bitcoin do not exist in a vacuum. This is one of the most important things that you will ever learn about technical analysis is the limitations of technical analysis. I used the analogy last week of Tim doing bench press. If you know what your max is, let's say your max is 225 or 385 or you know 145, where, whatever your max is. If you are trying to do 180 and your max is 160 and you don't understand what your limitations are, then you're going to fail. And not only are you going to fail and not succeed, you're also going to hurt yourself. So one of the most important things in technical analysis, just like in weightlifting, is that you have to understand your limitations. What are the limitations of technical analysis? Well, one of them is that if some massive geopolitical firestorm of news story comes in and manipulates the price, then that is going to override some of the technicals, and that's what we saw happen. The technicals were saying, yeah, Bitcoin should be breaking to the upside because all those technical confirmations came in. If you'll remember, though, I said I had four things that I wanted to see Bitcoin do, but I wanted to see it do them confidently. I never felt like Bitcoin had confidently started breaking to the upside, didn't even get above $45,000 for more than a couple of hours. It's now gone into a correction. Now, looking over the last hour, Bitcoin actually has had a little bit of a bounce. This is one hourly candlestick, guys. This right here, this $1,000, $1,200 bounce over the last hour should not really be considered much of anything at all. In fact, what we are is in a falling wedge right here. All this is is Bitcoin bouncing around in this falling wedge. Now, I want this falling wedge to break to the upside, and there is an argument to be made that it will. In fact, we can see right here that the falling wedge actually has bullish RSI divergence with downtrending levels of support here, uptrending levels of support here. Here's the problem with that argument of that being the bottom for Bitcoin and that uh, bullish RSI divergence coming in to save us. We saw bullish RSI divergence right here on the hourly chart as well, and that did not come to the rescue. I'm going to be honest with you guys, based on the state of geopolitical affairs, I am not very convinced 
that Bitcoin is going to be getting back up above $40,000. I think that we may have a small bounce uh, with this XRP news and some of these other news stories today as more people start waking up. It is Monday, so over the weekend, a lot of times, a lot of people will leave the market. They'll come back during the week, so we may see a big change there. But I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I think the next couple of days are going to be bearish. I don't personally think that Bitcoin is going to be able to rally up to $45,000, dollars $50,000 with this climate. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks now for Bitcoin to round out and start rallying if it's going to. One thing that is encouraging, though, here on the daily chart, we do have a spinning top. You can see right now we have a small body right here and a roughly equal sized upper wick and lower wick. This is bullish. That is bullish because when we're going into a downtrend, a spinning top is one step in the right direction towards uptrend. But that's about all the bullishness that I see. If we look at Lux Algo here, we can see that Lux Algo went through a strong sell signal and we do have trend catcher turning red and the Lux oscillator is red too. It's not up right now, but it is. So all of that tells me, okay, we're not as bullish. Uh, we're not bullish anymore. We had a small uptrend, but I personally think that that small uptrend is kind of over right now. We saw MACD cross bearish. RSI is not in good territory. <clears throat> And if we look out to the three daily chart, we can see that the RSI has pulled back down to 40 and the MACD is converging bearish on itself. And we never saw that there was a strong buy signal coming in or a buy signal at all on the three daily chart. So my stance right now, and I want to hear Tim's stance on this, is that Bitcoin attempted to enter an uptrend. At the moment, though, I believe that that attempt has failed. I do think that it has the opportunity to bounce back. I do think that it has the opportunity to restart that uptrend. But at the moment, I have reset all of my confirmations. And I'm saying right now that for Bitcoin to prove me bullish, I want to see it get above $45,000 because I want to see it break this double top that we set here a couple of oh, about a week and a week and a half ago. And until we do that, I'm just not convinced of the bullishness of Bitcoin right now. Tim, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean, so... Going off of everything you said, the one thing the one thing I will say is there and people don't people aren't going to like this, uh, and the reason people aren't going to like this is because it's a technicality. Uh, <coughs> technically speaking, inverse head and shoulders is not out. Is it the prettiest inverse head and shoulders I've ever seen? If it continues to form this way, no, no, this is not a textbook or pretty inverse head and shoulders pattern. But uh, Zach, you're on my chart, right? Theoretically speaking. We still, oh, look, I have my green ones on. Well, guess what? You're going to deal with that for right now. I didn't realize I had my arrows and my green ones, but that's what we're working with. This hasn't changed. When the price comes down here and hits, if the price comes down and hits around 34, 33, that's when I will say inverse head and shoulders pattern officially, you know, that one did not play out. There's a good chance that that happens. I, I actually think, see a lot of things happening. This is one of those, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Sometimes you make a prediction, then things change and things that you didn't think were gonna happen, happen. And you're like, all right, I was wrong. It's not gonna happen. What I'm seeing form on the charts is a potential going back to a prediction that I made a little bit ago. And that is that we did not have daily RSI divergence. And what I mean by that, I'll go to my daily chart and show you guys bullish RSI divergence. Uh, let me delete everything so you guys can see it more clearly. Would, no, come on now. This old ways, Tim. All right, here we go. We had a daily close back here on the 23rd of January that put us around $35,000. Look at where the RSI is in response to that, right? If this does the way most trends end up happening, the price is going to come down and close below 35 or at least at 35. In my estimation, probably closer to 33, 34. It's going to close down here, but look at the RSI. I do not think the RSI would make it all the way back down to around 20. This would set up bullish RSI divergence. I made a video about this a couple, like two weeks ago, on how if this does not get bullish divergence on the daily chart, 
It will be the first time in the history of Bitcoin that a trend changed without showing a daily bullish RSI divergence. There are lots of bullish RSI divergences that happen without it being on the daily chart affecting a change. However, every single trend change has come with bullish or bearish RSI divergence on the daily chart. We have not had that this time. So potentially, could we see that happen? Absolutely. That's the one case. The second is, like I said before, and people don't like this, but yes, it would be a very ugly head and shoulders pattern, but we cannot rule out that this is still part of an inverse head and shoulders pattern happening that would still send us up. I said this before, but I'll say it again. I think we're going to move a little sideways, though, in anticipation for this week, which I think will be huge because we will kind of get a little bit more clarity. I think by the end of this week, if Russia has not invaded already, it's going to kind of start confirming in people's minds, all right, they're not going to do it. Everyone was waiting for the end of the Olympics. Well, guess what? The Olympics is over now. Now's the time to act if that was going to happen. Let's see what happens there, though. I think that's going to come up and it's going to show, all right, that's not what we thought it was. It's okay for Bitcoin to start resuming again. Same thing with the president's uh, executive order. Even though he told us what it was, people are still afraid of what it means. Let it happen. Let the fear go away and watch what happens to the price. Either way, whether we've rallied right now off of 37 or whether we go down and test 33, I still think the long outterm look for Bitcoin over the next couple of months is bullish. The question is what happens first? Do we continue to dip or do we move sideways and then rally? All I know is that Bitcoin has an issue with anxiety right now. Bitcoin you need to go on like a spa, like or like a retreat. Go to a spa for the weekend, buddy. Just, you know, get a massage. You know, just enjoy yourself. Just relax. Just listen to like some Beethoven or some Mozart. There's so much fear in the market right now. There's so much uncertainty and doubt in the market right now. If you're feeling fear and uncertainty and doubt right now, then try our new medication, which gets rid of it. You know, one of those medication commercials, that's what Bitcoin needs right now. It needs something. It just needs to calm down a little bit. It just needs about a week of rest. That's all Bitcoin needs. And I think that it might be about to get it because like Tim said, we are about to see the Olympics end and, you know, Russia's been positioning for a month and a half. They're going to do it, to be honest with you. I think they probably would have already. I think Bitcoin just needs a little bit of time to rest, reprieve, relax, restore itself, and get ready for a new rally. Look at that, man. Boom, alliteration. I'm getting good at this. Kelly, take it away. I know you got some on-chain you want to show us. And just as you're doing it, just remind us that the market is not all doom and gloom. There are a lot of very bullish things on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I think the price is suppressed right now because of that FUD. I'd love to hear your thoughts, my friend. Of course. Well, first thing I want to show is actually the, the chart here. Uh, and and I, I couldn't agree more with you, uh, Tim, regarding the 33K level, because, you know, I have this massive uh, uh, res- uh, support zone here that we, that we dipped down into before. And we're, we've basically fallen down out of this uh, support. And now it would make really good sense to come down here. But I want you to notice this, this line right here and this major trend line right here. We're literally bouncing off these two levels of support. So this obviously is is a trend resistance line that we flipped to support and we're retesting it right at this moment, you know, just uh, we bounced off of it. But what I want to show you is if I zoom this in, this right here is this, that, that, that other line that you're looking at, this is what's called the logarithmic, uh, growth curve. And if I, if I zoom this out like this, you can see how, how much the Bitcoin price has respected this. And we literally at this current moment have, have found support right on that exact spot. So we're, we're still, everything is still within the cards. Everybody's so scared because we're not going up, up and away, 
but it takes a lot of, uh, especially with how how high the market uh, will go eventually. It's going to take a lot of overwhelming bullish metrics uh, to get us, you know, back up in this region here, and then testing up to whatever whatever this logarithmic growth uh, high would be. But what are those bullish metrics? Well, one of the things that we've seen uh, is in this article here: coin day, coins days destroyed. This is essentially how long a coin uh, is held once once uh, you know whether whether somebody buys it off exchange or if you transact it to somebody else how long do you have it until uh you do some other transaction with it or or move it or you know basically not have it stored uh in storage somewhere which keeps uh incredible uh which basically builds the bullish narrative so what i want to point out here is uh this uh where is it at uh right Right here, you see these large spikes are when you're having a lot of movement. Uh, and these, these look at this. This spike here was proceeding right before we had this massive up, uptick. Uh, this this spike here, we had a large. It's kind of hard to see, but this spike here, you see there. Even though this did continue down, this did this this growth right here was uh, you know a, a lot. I mean, it was uh, in the in the hundreds of percent, uh, uh, or, or it was around. Yeah, I think it was about three or four hundred percent growth from the bottom here to the top. And then right here, we had this, this massive spike right at the last bottom. This was a 29 K bottom. And we had another spike right here at the last, uh, th this would, this would correlate to uh, the price action as, as seen right here, th this, this spot right here. So, uh, my point being is there's a lot of movement and a lot of preparation uh, from larger wallets uh, going on. And you can see that here on the sentiment. Sentiment shows that uh, the top addresses with 100,000 Bitcoin or more. <laughs> Uh, you can see this purple line right here. This was huge accumulation zone for these. And this was right here when we had that uh, basically May through June uh, drop and it spiked right into the end of it. And we basically have picked up that same sort of footing with these large, uh, basically top addresses on Bitcoin. Uh, and they're, they're over the 600,000 Bitcoin mark, uh, just like, just like they were back here. And so they're really picking up the steam there. And the last thing I want to show, cause this is all very bullish. Uh, we do have downside action. Uh, possibilities. This is an analyst that uh, I've been following for a while. He's really great, Jesse Olson. And he's pointed out this uh, 382 fib uh, for each cycle. This was the bottom. Uh, this, this was the bottom. Uh, and we could, we could hypothetically, uh, we could theoretically see price action come down here to this 382 level. And this would be in the 21, 22K level. I don't personally think we're going to go that low. I think if we do go down into the 20s, the low would be uh, 29 and, and at max maybe 24,000. Uh, but it is always good to see, you know, I'm, I'm always showing you uh, these bullish metrics that are that are coming in and fueling what will be a long term sort of outlook on things. But we do have downside action. So definitely place your stop losses because we're still in a quite a bit of chop until we we reclaim that 40K and then the 44K and then 52K. So that's what I'm seeing. Back to you, Jeff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the thing to remember here, guys, is that Bitcoin goes through cycles. There have been multiple times where Bitcoin has gone down for two years. We're we're not down for the last year. We're trading sideways for the last year. That's a big difference. A lot of people forget that. The last two bear markets, which by the way, we're not in a bear market. The last two bear markets, really the only two bear markets in Bitcoin's history, we were trading down for two years. Bitcoin's been trading sideways for two years. I just want you to keep that in mind because that's actually a very bullish update. Now, Tim, I want to hear your take on all of the on-chain metrics and just kind of some final thoughts on yeah. all of this, uh, what's going on in crypto uh, around the world because 
there's a lot of FUD in crypto, and a lot of the FUD that is going on in crypto is not actually of crypto, it's of the rest of the world, and it's impacting crypto. So how do you think Bitcoin and crypto gets out of this? And really, should people care about what's going on in the rest of the markets as it res- as it uh, relates to crypto? Or should people be looking at crypto more as just kind of a kind of in its own bubble? Well, I think it's not a it's not in a bubble. I, I think that I think there's so much happening that the news is even talking about. And just think about who controls what the news really gets to talk about. Uh, it's it's big money interest. They realize that everything's going down the tubes. They're going to do whatever they can to discourage people. But if you actually go and look and talk to the everyday person, if you go and look at what people are actually thinking, yeah, people are concerned about buying the bottoms. And that's something we've talked about on the channel before, that if you think you're going to buy the absolute exact bottom of every dip and you're going to sell and take profit on the exact tip top point of every top, that's just not going to happen. And unfortunately, a lot of people want to do that. I think there's a lot of people waiting on the sidelines saying, when is the dip going to stop? That's when I want to buy in. And unfortunately, some of them are going to miss it. Some of them, though, are going to wake up and say, you know what, whether this is the bottom or not, I'm going to go ahead and get in. Uh, With these on-chain metrics, what they're showing, because I was actually thinking about this while while Kelly was talking about it, because I'm sure there's a lot of people watching in chat that are like, what the heck is Kelly talking about? Everything Kelly is talking about is showing you what the news doesn't want to talk about, what people don't realize is happening all around them, is that all of the metrics are stacking up, that the adoption of Bitcoin, the adoption of crypto, people wanting to move away from the US dollar, which is dying every single day, it's coming soon. Unfortunately, a lot of people want the word soon to mean the next mean in the next five minutes, where soon could mean the next couple of months, if not next year. However, uh, just like any other project, the people who are really wealthy with Amazon and with Microsoft and with Apple, they didn't get wealthy by buying when everything was great. They got wealthy by buying when there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of people were saying this is a dead project. But they said, you know what? No, I see the future of it. I'm going to go ahead and get in. Those are the people that made money. So in the same way right now, while while everyone's trying to fud you out or sorry, while the big news media is trying to fud you out of crypto and fud you out of Bitcoin, it's the perfect time to go ahead and get in. Are you going to make the same amount of money as the person who bought it $1? No, but neither am I. I bought it 11000 That was my first investment. I'm going to make more money than a person who invested in it right now. And a person who invested at $1 is going to make more money than the rest of us. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Realize that crypto and specifically Bitcoin is the future of making sure that you actually are able to maintain your wealth and hedge against the dying, inflating dollar. That's what I have to say about that. That's why I love those on-chain metrics. They give me hope for the future, and they make me realize no matter what I buy at right now, I'm buying a good price. However you're looking at the market, I want you to broaden your horizon. Whenever you're looking at the market and you're looking at two weeks, look at two months. Whenever you're looking at two months, look at two years. Whenever you're looking at one month, look at one year. Instead of looking at the small time frames all the time, which is important, don't get me wrong, we look at that every single day, zoom out. When in doubt, zoom out. Let me just give you an analogy here. Not an analogy. Let me give you some historical analysis here, and then we're going to jump into our community discussion. Discussions. We have some super chats that I want us to read. If we just look at the last 10 years of price action on Bitcoin, actually, you know what? We'll just look at the last five years of price action on Bitcoin. I'll go here to February of 2017. February 2017, five years ago to now, Bitcoin is up 4,000%. Bitcoin was trading at $1,000 back then. Bitcoin is up 4,000% in five years. Now, I am not for a second saying that Bitcoin is going to go up 4,000% again in the next five years. Because if it did, then Bitcoin would be trading at $2 million by 2027. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But if Bitcoin even up went up 400% in the next five years, it would outpace 
everything and you would be seeing a quarter million dollar Bitcoin in 2027. That would be a much faster rate of return than the stock market, gold, equities, commodities, real estate. I don't care. You're not going to make 400% in five years anywhere else. And that's if Bitcoin performs 10% as well as the way that it did in the last five years. When in doubt, zoom out. I encourage you, the more anxious you are about cryptocurrency, the more of an investor you should be. And the reason is, is because when you're extremely anxious, that's okay. I, I'm not, I, I get, believe me, I understand anxiety being something that you have to kind of battle with every single day. But if you're a very anxious person, I would be careful about day trading because it is a very nerve wracking thing to do. The more anxious you are, the more, the, the, the more of an investor I would encourage you to be because over the long term, it's going to, it's going to knock out all this up and down, guys. Bitcoin is going to grow. That is basically certain. It's not certain. Nothing certain. Tomorrow, we could all just enter into a nuclear conflict, and then the whole world ended. I get that. But for the most part, if the world continues on, then Bitcoin is going to do very, very well. Now, what I want to do now is I want to go ahead and read some super chats. Before I do, though, I do want to bring you a word from our sponsor, which is our very own Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. Almost four years ago, I launched CT2A to teach people what they need to know to become proficient cryptocurrency traders, investors, and analysts. And we've updated this over and over and over again. There's a bunch of new videos. There's like five or six new videos in here on historical analysis and VPVR and TD sequential stock to flow hash ribbons. All of this stuff, cup and handle formations. We have a uh, tutorial video in here on Lux Algo now. Bunch of content in here. If you want to learn how to do the technical analysis that we just did and that we do every single day, then the place that you need to be is in the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. Make sure you drop a one in chat if you are an alumni of CT2A and you have loved it. If you're curious what other people are thinking, go type in CT2A, Charlie Tango, the number two, and Alpha A. Type that into YouTube. Uh, excuse me, type that into Google. We got 67 Google reviews over there. You can go read all of them. There's 67 reviews. I'm pretty sure 64 of them are five stars. And the other ones, they only had like a little thing. So go read that. Go read those reviews. Mm-hmm. CT2 has a 30-day money-back refund guarantee if you decide it's not for you. Let's go ahead and jump into some community discussion and read some super chats. Thank you guys so very much for your continued support. Hit that like button if you haven't already. Yeah, we only have, we only have a couple of super chats, so we're going to try even to get into some uh, normal chat as well. But Elliot, Locke, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to point something out really quick, too, because I just saw this. You know, everybody, because I, I was wondering why the price uh, jumped. Was it just because uh, we bounced off that line? Uh, but there apparently there was a right, right at the point where we started making headway uh, to the upside was because uh, there was news, basically press releases put out that uh, Biden and uh, Putin will be meeting, talking about de-escalation. So there's oh, some good. speculation around that. Uh, it's funny. It just happens right at the point of support. Sometimes I, I, I can't yeah. imagine how all these things are so interconnected, but that's why it's good to have trend lines. Yeah, absolutely. Good point, man. Yes, 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 yes. All right, here we go. Um, we had another one just come in while uh, Kelly was talking, but Elliot Locke made a great point. He said, if the price goes to 33K, wouldn't that be a bullish double bottom with the possibility for Bitcoin to to bounce? Well, if it went to what? No, 33K. You, 33K. I thought you yeah. said 43K. I was so no, confused. 33. No, if it went to 33K, yeah, no, that would be a double bottom. And that would be what is known as a, as a W bottom because it goes boom, 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 boom. And then it rallies. It'd be a W bottom. Double bottom is the other word for it. Yeah. You know, the thing is that would be bullish. The concern that I have is that if we do go down to $33,000, there's so much FUD in the market right now that people might just sell. You know, a lot of times double bottoms are very bullish, but it's just the, the way the sentiment is right now, I just have a bad feeling about what would happen to the market if we did go down to $33,000. What are your thoughts on that, though, Tim? I, I, uh, yeah. I think some people will sell, absolutely. I mean, that, and that's the, that's the play. You know, That's the reason why they want to go down there. The, the problem is, is there, first of all, for every person that would sell, there'd be a lot of new buyers waiting on the sidelines who said, okay, you know, it's my time to get in. I've been listening to my friends talk about this. 33 sounds like a great buy spot. Also, it wouldn't just be a double bottom, but like I said, what I would be even more interested in seeing is 
is where that daily close would be to set up that daily bullish R side divergence. I've been saying that for a couple weeks now that I would love to see it, not because I want to see the price go down, but because I want to see the price go up. And that to me and to a lot of other traders who look at the history of Bitcoin would say that was a sign showing me Bitcoin's ready to go ahead and rally. Uh, so that's why I think it would be actually a very bullish thing. I don't think it has to happen. That's where I used to think it was a surety. Then I was like, all right, I'm looking at the charts, listening to things. I don't think it's guaranteed anymore. But if it happened, I would just actually be pretty excited because it would confirm what I thought. And it might what I thought was we probably need this to happen. Diamond so, hands. Uh, yeah, either way, guys. either way, like someone had, okay, that was, not, <laughs> they, I love, uh, I love Altcoin Daily. Yeah, I love their, I love their I channel. Love I love so their much. tweets. But he asked the other day, he's like, what would you guys do if the, if Bitcoin closes this year at $5,000? And I said, wow, I'd get to become a Bitcoin whale. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, so, I'd buy like 40 Bitcoin. That's yeah, what I would do. You know, that's, that'd be awesome. Anyway, be let's keep going on with Super Chats though. Uh, I don't, I, I think he's talking about this weekend's video. Desert Crypto ETH said, big shout out to Tim. I was on the fence until I seen his video. Since then, I went and bought a huge bag, and now I'm a billionaire. Great video. <laughs> Let's freaking go. I, <laughs> I don't know, because I've made a couple videos here recently. I've been more active. Saturday, I okay, I, I put on Twitter I thought it was my best work, not in terms of information. <laughs> it was my best work in terms of <laughs> That video was so skills. funny. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I did a, mo- a video on Safe Moon, and I probably will do another one later this week. I, I got to talk with Shannon about it to make sure, but yeah. one, of the, one of the biggest flaws in that video, it was, it, it was mostly for comedy, was I looked at the V1 chart of SafeMoon. But since then, I've looked at the V2 chart, and I'm actually, I'm by no means the most foremost expert on SafeMoon, but I've been doing a lot of digging, as Kelly can tell you, because Kelly's been staying at my house, and we've been talking about it all weekend. I, I'm actually I'm actually very actually excited to make another video about it to compare the two and see what happens there. The thing but, is, uh, SafeMoon V2, people giving you flack about that. I guarantee you there was some Discord server somewhere that saw that video and they said, SafeMoon people unite, go attack that video because there is yeah. no way that that much of our audience likes SafeMoon. SafeMoon V2 is ranked number 3,000 on CoinMarketCap. Yeah. It is ranked number 3,000. What do you want? Like, for real. Anyway, I just thought, I thought that was hilarious. The it, only thing I respect about SafeMoon is actually really like the logo I, the, the thing i will give people the thing i'll give people and and that's why i want to make another video is yes i will admit that not a whole heck of a lot of deep research went into that video uh it was mostly to be funny but because of it i did my research and i'll be a man and say you know what guys i'll admit where i was wrong and i'll back up where i was right so you might just have to wait for another video about safe moon Ooh. Uh, I think the conclusion will still <laughs> remain pretty sure Don't the safe the moon. Thing. yeah i think the conclusion is going to stay the same the conclusion but anyway let's keep reading that video was chats. so funny uh, let's see here. Uh, Screwhead, a member for five months now as a, a Jedi Grandmaster. Ooh, thank you, Screwhead. Uh, so he just got a Nexo loan to buy more crypto. Love these dips. Just wish I had more fiat to buy more crypto. What do you think about that, Kelly? What was, a what Nexo was the Nexo loan? You got a Nexo loan. Did I say Neo? I meant oh, Nexo. Well, sorry. here's Nexo. my thoughts on it. Uh, I mean, it's just like leverage trading in that essentially when you take a loan out against, against your crypto assets to uh, buy – it's not the worst thing in the world. However, unless you're very calculated and anybody that's giving me flack about the data that I'm sharing, you need all that data if you're going to make these sorts of uh, trades yeah, because true. you are lever- you're basically trading on low leverage. And if the market goes opposite way, there's there's a liquidation point where it will cost you, you'll end up losing money regardless of the coins that you bought from, because uh, I think with Bitcoin, it's only 50%. Uh, you can only take a loan against 50% of, of the asset. You could take... 90% uh, against uh, stable coins. But the, the problem is when the market goes opposite direction, you have to sell at 
whatever loss you're comfortable with. Uh, so you don't basically get liquidated out of more than you would have more than you bought from the loan. So unless like right now we're not in a clear trend. So if we were, if we, if we had just uh, basically, if we, if we go up from here and then we, we confirm that we have a higher high and a higher low, and then we break our previous, our, our first higher high, that's sort of the first step. And in, in basically at this point, it would be around 45 K uh, and create a new higher high. Th then, you know, that you're starting an uptrend and that, that would be a, you're not going to get the direct bottom, but at least you're, at least you're taking a loan into a trend. So I definitely don't recommend it, but if you do it, do it with, do it like you would uh, make any trade, do it when you have your confirmation of direction, not just because it's at uh, a speculative low. And especially if you're doing it on leverage, which is exactly what you're doing when you're taking a loan to buy something, you're, you're doing it on leverage. Have a liquidation, uh, have, excuse me, not a liquidation price. Never get to your liquidation price. Have a, uh, a stop loss. And, and, and normally it's kind of weird to say have a stop loss on an investment. But in that case, when you're doing it on a loan, I would have some kind of stop loss where you're not going to lose that much because – yeah, there's nothing wrong with leverage. I'm not somebody who is all against debt. You know, some people have compared me to Dave Ramsey. I take that as a compliment. I like the guy. He doesn't like crypto. I don't agree with him on the debt thing. I think that debt is a perfectly fine thing so long as it's used wisely. And I don't think that's unbiblical. I think that debt is okay so long as you use it wisely. If you use it unwisely, it can be a very bad thing. There's nothing wrong with using debt. And there's nothing wrong with using leverage. If you buy a home and you put down 20%, what you just what you just did is you just bought that home on 5x leverage is, is essentially what you did. I don't have a problem with buying something on leverage or buying something with somebody else's money on a loan. I have a car loan, yeah. for example. You do have to be careful because you are indebted. Literally, that's what that means. You are indebted to whoever, whoever has that money. So uh, be very careful about that. And always remember, you don't invest more than you're willing to lose. And if you're taking out a loan to take on uh, investment, you're probably investing with more than you're willing to lose. So I just be and, careful and, about that. Screw and the, la the, la the last thing to, to be said about that, if you are going to do it, uh, just like with leverage trading, you don't you don't take a leverage position on the because I did this years ago and I've talked about it on the stream uh, and it was embarrassing, but it was a great lesson. You don't take a leverage position using your entire trading portfolio. No, if you're going to no, take no, no, a no. if you're, you're going to take a loan on Nexo, do it against pick, pick a, a, a conservative sort of amount that you're going to take a loan against. Don't take a loan against your entire Bitcoin position. Take like a loan against 15 percent of it or 10 percent yeah. of it or something small. But then also know what level you're going to sell what you know the whatever you took the loan against you're going to you're going to have a stop loss to where you sell to where you can close that loan if you need to yeah. so you don't get liquidated yeah we want to go to the moon safely but we don't want to do it with safe moon there you go that's well, the, that's the moral of the story right let's, there. Go, ahead, let's go ahead and move on to ethereum because i want to save the rest of the uh, super chats for this next intermission so. good deal well we're going to go ahead and move on to ethereum here guys bitcoin's trading at 3900 and ethereum's now trading at 3738 so you might or excuse me 2740 uh, 2738 and now 2740 bitcoin and ethereum have been undergoing a lot of volatility in the last couple of hours, really in the last day or two. We've seen Bitcoin and Ethereum both printing pretty large bear flags right here. I need you to understand, guys, that yes, Ethereum is setting, you know, it is setting a double bottom, a triple bottom right here, which seems bullish, but it is also at the same time setting a bear flag, which would push it all the way down to $2,200, which would be its local low. And if you look out to the daily chart, there's other reason to believe that that might happen because if you use the Fibonacci, then the Fibonacci gives us a level down there. It's called 2388 at the 78.6% region. There's a lot of reasons to be a little bit worried about the Ethereum and Bitcoin markets right now as far as not, not worried, but... Um, of the opinion that they may go that they may undergo another 5 10 20% drop. Now, if we look at VPVR, there's also another reason to look for that support. 
If we look at VPVR, we can see that the support levels, the uh, point of control on the VPVR is actually sitting right here around $2,400. So if Ethereum does play out that bear flag and does start moving to the downside, $2,200 to $2,400 is very much in the cards. Now, the other thing I want to point out is, as Tim said on Bitcoin, and it's very similar on Ethereum, Bitcoin and Ethereum both are still technically in inverse head and shoulders patterns. They're just very ugly inverse head and shoulders patterns. I do think that it does have an opportunity to play out. But personally, guys, the fact that we broke bearish below this up, uh, downtrending level of support right here is not very convincing of bullish price action. On top of that, if we look at some of our other technicals, such as Lux Algo, which Lux Algo is phenomenal, guys called this uptrend. Now it's calling this downtrend. If you want to get Lux Algo, get it. Links in the description box down below. We can see the buy signal called this uptrend, but now we've seen a strong sell signal. And over the last three days, we saw the trend catcher turn red, which has invalidated the uptrend. We have started into a new downtrend. I am firmly of the opinion that the uptrend that Bitcoin and Ethereum had started a couple of weeks ago has now concluded. I'm not saying that they are for sure going to go down to $33,000 on Bitcoin and that they're for sure going to go down to $2,200 on Ethereum. What I am saying is that for me to say that Bitcoin or Ethereum is in an uptrend again, I'm going to need to run through all of those confirmations that I listed before again. I'm going to need to see the MACD on the three daily chart look bullish, which it's very bearish right now. I haven't crossed bearish yet, but it might be soon. I need to see the RSI on the three daily chart looking bullish. I need, uh, yeah, I need to see it looking bullish. I need to see a lot of confirmations happen because Bitcoin just tried to regain my trust and then it lied to me again and then just shattered my trust again. I really need to see Bitcoin prove itself and I need to see Ethereum prove itself. Right now, they're not doing that. So it's very tempting to look at Ethereum and say, oh, look, it's up $200 over the last hour. Yeah, but zoom out. It's down over the last couple of minutes. Now, the argument that a lot of people are going to make, and this is a valid argument, is that Bitcoin and Ethereum could just be in the process right now of setting a higher low. We had a low set on Ethereum back around January 24th at $2,400. Right now, it's trying to set a low at $2,600. If we maintain this low and we go up and set a new high above $3,300, great. whoop de doo We set a new higher low and a new higher high. Great. That is not the information that I I have right now. So I cannot go off of that. I can say I want that to happen, but that has not occurred just yet. So my stance on Ethereum is that, as I said before, I am bearish until proven bullish, and it's going to take a bit for me to be proven bullish on Ethereum and on Bitcoin. I need to see a lot more confidence in this market than I do right now. I see a lot of fear. I see a lot of uncertainty. I see a lot of doubt. I see a lot of anxiety. Those are not things that are conducive to uptrends. And yes, you could say that, oh, the inverse head and shoulders pattern isn't technically invalidated. On Bitcoin, you can make that argument. On Ethereum, you could make that argument. I just think that you're kind of grasping at straws if you're making the argument that the inverse head and shoulders pattern is still valid on Ethereum. But Tim, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of that. What is your take on the Ethereum market right now? It's it's the same. It's the same. I mean, you can just copy and paste your Bitcoin debt analysis almost onto Ethereum. And I, I hear you, I hear you, Jeb. Like, the truth is, it gets even uglier on Ethereum. If, if, if the inverse head and shoulders pattern was ugly on Bitcoin, if it ends up happening, again, it's not been confirmed. That's a big thing. Just because we talk about it doesn't mean it's actually in existence. If it does end up happening, it would be a very ugly inverse head and shoulders pattern. But let's really be honest. When was the last time we had a really pretty head and shoulders pattern or he- inverse head and shoulders pattern? It doesn't happen very often. In fact, the ugly ones are the ones that are more likely. Uh, so that's that's that. It's, it's in the same falling wedge on the four hourly chart uh, are you on my chart in the moment zach okay sweet so i'm looking at the, the daily chart but i may reminded me the other day he supposedly sometimes he goes to my chart and i'm i'm talking about it by looking at it but i'm not really doing anything so here on the four hourly chart we're still in that falling wedge uh the difference between <coughs> ethereum though and a uh, bitcoin i will say and it's something that jeb just mentioned is that technically speaking on the daily chart 
we haven't yet set a higher high. So right here, we talked about this a while ago on Bitcoin, but January 13th, this peak, that is higher than we ever got back with Ethereum. So there's nothing actually on Ethereum's chart that ever told me that Ethereum made it into a, a bullish trend. Bitcoin got confusing and I, and I, I held out for the longest time, and then we ended up closing candles above this peak that we had on January 13th. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe Bitcoin actually ended up flipping bullish, but it's it's right there, and it's it's a just barely, just barely flipped a little higher. But what we're seeing on Ethereum is saying, guys, we actually never flipped bullish on the daily trend uh, because we're still setting lower highs. Uh, now, when you get down here, yes, if we were to just count this area, so if I were to just be looking at this trend right here, technically speaking, we do have a higher low, but we're looking at the very end of it. We don't know where this is going to end. Until I see candles move like up here and start bouncing like this, I can't say with absolute certainty that that's what's going to happen. What would be more realistic, and again, it backs up that conceptual thought of maybe Bitcoin gets down to 33000 is, I'll delete everything altogether, is that the price comes down here. It ends up coming down here to around 23, 22, as Jeb said, with candle closes on the daily chart before rally. But guess what this would set up? If I go to my RSI, that would give us, again, daily bullish RSI divergence. I do not see the RSI getting as low as 20 again. That's a really, 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 really deep RSI on the daily chart. I would see this line more often than not probably coming somewhere right here in the region of around 30, 25, 26 to match this rally. But that would set up the daily bullish RSI divergence which is extremely strong. And right now, a lot of coins are doing different things. Cardano's doing its own thing. Solana's doing its own thing. But Ethereum and Bitcoin, they're almost tit for tat moving together. So that's why if we go low and if we see it go like that, it wouldn't surprise me. And the other thing you got to keep in mind with Ethereum is that Ethereum right now is actually following Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin is struggling, Ethereum's going to struggle even more. So when we say that Bitcoin could have a bounce and Bitcoin could rally, that's great, but it's actually going to be more likely that that's going to happen on Bitcoin than it is going to happen on Ethereum. But really quickly, we're going to dive into XRP. But before we do, Kelly, can you open up that article that you have in our planning document and talk a little bit about those memos? And I will read this tweet here in a second. Can we go ahead and do that? And I want to show people what's going on on XRP. It's surprising to me that it hasn't moved more, to be honest with you, but we're going to take a look at that. Let's pull it up. All right, so here we go. Uh, this is just in regards to, you know, the headline spells it out clearly. XRP had a little bit of a pump, excuse me, right after the release of their legal memos. Well, this is, uh, this is just an ongoing, pervasive, nonstop sort of, uh, I feel like a little bit of a witch hunt on the SEC side uh, in the Fed uh, of Ripple. And, this, and they're, they've been trying to essentially uh, limit... Uh, and and limit Ripple's ability to to function as as they said they have. And Ripple Ripple honestly, they did a really great job of doing a lot. I'm talking a lot of due diligence uh, before they really uh, rolled everything out. Uh, and so these memos are in regards to uh, the the uh, wherever uh, Gary Gensler and uh, Jerome pa not Jerome Powell uh, the SEC essentially uh, when they're trying to identify whether or not XRP is a security uh, and and there's memos that go all the way back to 2012 which uh, for whatever reason they wanted sealed uh, of course they wanted them sealed because there's a lot of talk that, that's within these memos that is starting to be you know come to light now that they've been ordered to be unsealed and uh, they've been posted 
now and uh, people are able to see that a lot of the discussions that have ha- that have happened uh, within the SEC have identified or, you know, have identified in some kind that uh, that their just their thought pattern around how that they were determining whether or not uh, XRP or Ripple was a security or not actually leaned on the side that it wasn't. So it's going to be really clear, clear. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out in the next uh in the next couple months, you know, at some point, I do think that uh, XRP, our XRP bulls will be let loose. You know, there's a lot, I think Richard Hart made a comment on around the blockchain about a week ago about how nobody's really using XRP. Banks aren't using it like XRP claimed. But if you look at a lot of what they've done and a lot of their partnerships, uh, there's a lot of being uh, a lot of stuff that's being built out uh, behind the scenes, um, uh, fund, you know, fundamentally and technically within the entire bank, uh, a lot of major players in the banking industry. So as soon as this uh, regulatory clarity gets shaped up, uh, I do think that XRP probably will be something that will be somewhat unstoppable for uh, the years to follow. It's just been so squashed with all this speculation on, uh, you know, on what the SEC's determination is going to be. But with these memos coming, coming, uh, coming clear. Uh, I don't know. Well, all, all we can do is see. What do you think about this? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think XRP, the, the, the thing you have to realize is that <clears throat> Bitcoin is up. It's it's down 40% from all-time high, but it's still up t- uh, 100% from its previous all-time high that was set in 2017. XRP right now is still down like 70% from its 2017 all-time high of $3.40. So XRP is definitely being suppressed. The interesting thing is that XRP <clears throat> still is a very high performing cryptocurrency and my my coin market cap won't load and I don't have the market capitalization off the top of my head but it's still a very high performing cryptocurrency as far as its market capitalization still has multi billion dollar market cap and it is still doing very well the thing on the chart I'm going to show you is very simple I'm not going to do a ton of TA on XRP because quite frankly the technical analysis on XRP is going to go out the window as soon as this whole SEC yeah, lawsuit thing true. gets resolved but right now you can see it's in this massive bull flag and it has been for a year in fact its support level goes all the way back to 2018 in September you can draw this trend line out. We have support back here in August and September of 18. Over here in uh, you know Q1 of 2019, support, resistance here, resistance, support, support, support. And then more recently, what you're seeing on XRP is that it's bounced pretty strongly, and it actually has not undergone a correction recently like Bitcoin. One of the things I like about the XRP chart right now, guys, is that it's actually a little bit more decoupled from Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto markets than something like Ethereum. Ethereum and Bitcoin are moving in lockstep right now, but, but XRP is actually moving a little bit independently. Right now, it does have a bull flag that is printed. This bull flag would actually extrapolate it, push it all the way up to about a dollar, which would be very bullish for it. But And it is also in an inverse head and shoulders pattern. As you can see right here, we have a, sh- a shoulder, head, shoulder. That would push us up above a dollar. So yeah, the technicals are pretty great. We have a bullish, uh, we have a buy signal confirmed on daily chart for XRP. The main issue with XRP right now, as we said, is a fundamental one. Once it gets relisted on Coinbase, which it seems like Coinbase is gearing up to do that as soon as the SEC makes its verdict, then it is going to lead to a major pump in XRP. XRP. And the, the thing you guys have to realize is that that's not going to happen overnight either. XRP is going to take a couple of years to really get, come back from this. So long as the fundamentals are there, which it seems like Ripple Labs and Ripple are doing a good job of updating XRP and rolling it out. 
So long as the fundamentals are there, the price is going to follow. Remember, guys, even in XRP's case, prices downstream from fundamentals, it just takes time. If you were to, let's just say you were to, you know, spawn a 100,000 gallons of water at the top of a stream, it might take it a couple of days for that to get down. Here's a better analogy. Break a dam. Have a dam just get smashed. It might take a couple of days for that water to get all the way downstream. That is not something that happens instantly. After that dam breaks, it takes time for that water to get down there. And the same thing happens on fundamentals. After fundamentals transpire, on a cryptocurrency, it might take days, weeks, or months, maybe even years for those fundamentals to have an impact on the price, but it will happen. That's what we're seeing happen on the U.S. dollar. The dam broke, and we doubled the, va- the supply of the U.S. dollar. It's taking a while for that water to run downstream. We're still seeing inflation happen today from the printing that we saw happen two years ago. The printing that happened two years ago is still going to be having an effect on the price ac- on the price of the dollar, on the value of the dollar, I should say, 10 years from now, because these things take time. So my point is, after the, X- after the XRP SEC lawsuit is lifted, and XRP is deemed not a security, and the witch hunt, as Kelly called it, which he's right, is over. It's going to take time for XRP to recover, but I do think it will recover, <clears throat> and I think it is going to end up going back to its all-time high and beyond. It might take a couple of years, though. With that said, Tim, if you have any final thoughts, let me know no, on I, that, but we can also go ahead and read the rest I, of our Super I think Chats that also. It's, I think it's really important to see. Full screen. I, I, think the, I think that it's almost been decided. I think the SEC is trying to just drag this out whether it's save face or whether it's make an the, example or whether it's, the, SC, you know, the SEC is. is trying to make the case that some cryptocurrencies are securities so that they can yeah. make the argument that they have jurisdiction over crypto. That's yeah. what the SEC is doing. Make no mistake. The SEC wants to flex its muscles because they realize that there's a new digital asset class that they could have control over. The thing you have to realize about governments, guys, is that when you give them control, it doesn't go away. You know, the income tax, the one that you have to pay 40 percent for if you're making over four hundred thousand dollars a year in the United States. You know, what? that, that tax, that tax was implemented as like a three percent tax as a temporary measure to fund the civil war in the United States. And it was supposed to go away after the war was over and reconstruction was done. It has only gotten bigger. When you give the government control, it doesn't give it back. Give me one example, one example in human history where you have given a government control and it's voluntarily given it back. Very rarely happens. You can probably think of some, but you're not going to think of many. That's what the SEC is trying to do. They're trying to flex their muscles and show, no, actually, we have dominance over this market. And it's just not going to happen because I'll remind you again, we never asked permission. We demanded a financial future and financial sovereignty for ourselves when we went around and started promoting crypto. Hey, Let's Tim. Jump. So, oh, I'm, have, I'm curious. You guys you guys uh, showed me a video uh, that on this weekend, uh, and I think it was so great because I, it really exemplifies how far you've come. But it was a video you did on XRP oh on gosh. Instagram years ago. And this is the first time I think you ever did anything on camera regarding uh, uh, TA. And you, had, you didn't even understand. You didn't even know how to put a line on the chart. Uh, but it was such a funny, 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 uh, f- fake sort of uh, TA of XRP. Uh, and you had clear ideas about it that I'm curious if your thoughts have changed since oh, yeah. okay. it, or if you followed it that, at all. No, I mean, for anybody who's been following for a while, I used to I used to not like XRP because of surface value things that are are talked about it. So, you know, uh, I changed my mind on XRP. I, I'm, I'm not by any means the, the biggest XRP <coughs> fan in the world in terms of I, I don't think the XRP, some people believe it's going to like outdo Bitcoin and become the, the king of crypto. I don't agree with that that fact. But after, after a lot of research and then I got to have that conversation with uh, Matt Hamilton uh, from Ripple, 
was very eye-opening. It changed the way I saw XRP, uh, and, and so I actually do like it. I'm, I don't think it's going to explode. Some people think that as soon as this SEC case is over, XRP is going to explode like tenfold. No, it's going to take time. No, that's just unfortunately not how it's going to go. There was so much FUD planted there. It's going to take time for that FUD to be uprooted, uh, just like mine. Like, you know, I, I had been FUDded out of it. Uh, I had believed things that weren't necessarily 100% true. One of the things I, one thing I found out about, about uh, XRP was that people actually paid, were being paid to talk horrible about XRP and to create FUD, which is pretty crazy. Um, we can go into details there. But yes, yeah, that video, for anyone who was wondering, if you do some deep, 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 deep digging on the CryptoJeb Instagram page, you will find a video of me doing technical analysis. And it's pretty funny. When I didn't know how to do technical analysis. Uh, as, as related to Star Wars. Some people some people will say that it was real. You know, some people think that that was actually TA. But, uh, yeah, no, I remember uh, April 1st of 2018 and 2019, I did the same thing two years in a row because I'm unoriginal. I did technical analysis on uh, US dollar tether. And I didn't mention that it was April 1st and April Fool's until the very last, like, five seconds of the video. Everybody thought I was serious. I was saying, like, yeah, this coin has 1,000x potential and everything. Go back and watch it. I'm serious. Go back to April 1st of 2018 on this channel. That video was so funny because it was so badly made. And if you look at the comments, everybody thought I was just an idiot. And I was trolling. Nobody realized that I was trolling. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Let's read some Super Chats. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, Chavon Golay. That's the in case anyone missed. That's the correct pronunciation of his name, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, said, I want a brief summary of the journey of Crypto Jeb. Yeah. Um, you know what, Tim? Can you kind of detail what the journey of the Crypto Jeb channel has been? Well, I was only here for about a year and some change of it. Do you know the rest of it? I I know that you were 17. I was 17. He, so Jeb was 17. He watched a buttload of videos on YouTube. I did. On how to, about crypto and, and everything. <laughs> so he ended up creating a channel. And correct me if I'm wrong, this is your fourth channel? Uh, it's actually, I went back and looked at it. It's actually my fifth. fifth I had fifth four channel. other channels, three of them being gaming channels, and I had yeah, like seven subscribers okay. between all of them. Yeah. Well, he, he, he started I've been a YouTuber channel. since I was in seventh grade. <laughs> he started it by himself, and he, you know, just went, it's, it's actually really funny. As he said, go back and watch. If uh, They're still there, I'm assuming. You can go back and watch the mm-hmm. earliest videos. We watched them a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, wow. Where Jeb is you got it. Yeah. You got to tune in to the first video oh, or two of Crypto Jeb on the Crypto Jeb channel, because you can also see his. I mean, you think he speaks fast now? You should see how he spoke back then. It was a completely different Jeb, you know, and it's really yeah. nice to see uh, you, Jeb, and, and and Tim, you know, Tim, uh, even Smay. Uh, it, it's nice to see, like, to go back and see the growth that people have had. Aww. It's just really nice evolution. Well, thank you. Yeah, very, no. Very proud of you, brother. Oh, yeah. thank you. Crypt- Crypto Alchemist said Crypto Jeb face reveal video was yeah. epi- epic. If you remember that, I was thinking about that the other day. That video was the time between that video and now was longer than the time between that video and when I started the channel. Because I did the face reveal on the second birthday of the channel, November 16, 2019. That was over two years ago. That was the second birthday of the channel. I cannot believe that I've had uh, that the face reveal was more than half of the channel's life ago. That is crazy to me. I can't believe that. Guys, the last four and a half years that I've been running this channel, which is so weird to say. I, I was telling someone I was hanging out with yesterday that I've been running the channel for almost a quarter of my life. That's insane that's crazy and i'm just so blessed and thankful so yeah the the tldr of it 
saw a YouTube video in January, uh, July 31st, 2017. It's called um, How I Make $30,000 a Month Mining Bitcoin with Genesis Mining. That's what it was. It was by a guy named Crypto Nick. Drop a one in chat if you remember that name. Kind of got involved with the Ponzi scheme, made a couple million dollars. A lot of people ended up hating him. Lawsuit. A lot of nonsense that happened with Crypto Nick. Nevertheless, I watched that video, got into it, watched thousands of videos on YouTube. <clears throat> all kinds of names. If somebody was making content on YouTube back in 2017, I watched it. And uh, I remember when I got started and Carl got started over at the moon and all these other channels got started back in the early days. 2018, ran the channel all the way through the bear market. I was trying to make money. Took me eight months to make a dime off of YouTube. Made a video every single day for that entire time, more or less. There were a few days I took off. And uh, I just grinded. And I remember thinking to myself, look, if I just make one video every single day, then I can make a difference in my life. I can provide what I didn't know the term back then, but what was going to become financial sovereignty for myself and for my father. I just wanted to have a stable life. I just wanted to have the ability to pay for the things that I needed to pay for. I just wanted to have the ability to not worry about money. That's what I wanted. I started the YouTube channel. I got into cryptocurrency. I dropped out of college to run this YouTube channel. I remember January 20th, yeah. 2018, a month after I started the YouTube channel, I told my dad I was in 12th grade. I had not even graduated high school yet. I told him out on the front porch by the fire. I told him, Dad, I'm not going to college. I'm going to start this YouTube channel. I had 300 subscribers, maybe 20,000 channel views. And he looked at me like I had three and he said, like, hell, you aren't going to college. And I said, Dad, that's not your decision. I'm running this channel, and I'm going to make this happen. And I told him, Dad, I will do whatever it takes. I believe in this. I know that this can work. I know that this can happen. I fully believe that we could get here today. There was never a question in my mind. I worked my butt off, and I am so thankful and blessed by God because if it weren't for the Lord, I would not have gotten here. Through the journey, I found Jesus. Through the journey, I have been able to make such amazing friendships, and I'm just so very thankful for everybody who is in this room, in this company, and in this chat. Thank you guys so very much. It's been a great ride, and I can't can't wait for the next 30 Smash years. Smash the likes man. for that. <laughs> I will say, uh, well, that story is a success. A success. How many uh, How many interactions between father and son have been, Dad, I'm not going to college. I'm starting a YouTube channel. That ended uh, That ended well. Poorly. That's true. No, that, that is pretty funny. <laughs> That's prob- the, the, the TA on that conversation <laughs> yeah. is probably not very yeah, bullish. No, my, I, li- I told my dad that, and he, w- he was all happy and joy. Dad might be watching this show, the, the show right now. If he is, he knows, he remembers it vividly. We were sitting out there by the fire like 5 o'clock at night. Gosh. It was a weekday, and I was like, hey, Dad, so uh, I need to tell you, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to college. And I will never forget the words he said to me. He said, like hell you are. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, that's not your decision. And he yeah. respected that. And he was like, Jeb, please. That's not how please. my dad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Anonymous um, <laughs> wants to talk about Anon Token. It's on fire. <coughs> Google it. Okay. If people want to Google it, they can Google it. We do not recommend Anon Token because we have no idea what that is. I have no idea. Kelly proves me wrong. Do you know what Anon Token is, Kelly? Uh, it seems very uh, anonymous to me. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's- Anon. Is it Anon? A-N-O-N? Anon, yeah, and it's, and it's by huh. the, the person who gave it was named Anonymous. So there you go. Uh, I think that's all the super chats we have. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's a, a good question I was asked earlier in chat. I responded to it, but I think it'd be good for everyone to hear. It's from B Max saying, "Hey Jeb, are AI trading bots trustworthy?" That depends on the bot. The problem with bots and the reason that we never really talk about them is that if you just hodl the market, you're going to make more money yeah. than a bot will ever make you. So there's really no point, yeah. in my opinion, to use a bot. You know. You, you literally just buy Bitcoin every Friday and huddle it for five years, and you're going to make way more money than you ever will have with a bot. You look at some of these bots, they're like, hey, look at us. We made 23% last year. We made 74% in the last two years. We made 48% last month. 
HODL Bitcoin, guys. If you had to HODL it for the last five years, you're 4,000%. You'd be a lot better off just HODLing, in my opinion. So that's my take. Yeah. No, I, 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 we did research on that. We, we act just so you guys know someone, they, a bot reached out to us. And I'm not going to say the name of the company, but we they reached out to us. They wanted, to they wanted to pay us to shill their thing. So I did my research on it. I was like, all right, is this good? And I and they they did this thing. It's like if you had invested a year ago today, you would have been up 125 percent. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I went and did the math. If I just bought Bitcoin and let it sit there, I would have been up like 200 and something percent. I was like, okay, that's just not a can good I, product. Can I share something on my screen real sure. quick, just to, just to prove the point here? Uh, this is uh, DCA BTC.com. And I, if I, I put in here, let's say $10, you put, say you put $10 a week, you would have invested, this is for three years, you would have invested $1,570 and you'd have $7,559. Let's do $100 a week. Okay, you'd have $15,000 invested, you'd have $75,000. So DCAing is no joke. You don't, uh, trading is if you wanna be very aggressive. I mean, I make a living trading because, but but I I spent so many hours uh, learning and trading, losing and learning and losing. And I mean, but DCAing is far more than anything what I recommend for, for anybody, especially early on, because you, I mean, you don't understand that, like, how how much this will serve your future and 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 remove so much of the of the frustration and uh you know the time that you have so much time that you need to dedicate if you trade you have to be on it all the time yeah. and that's it's great and we want to help you do that and we're going to help you do that we uh we have we have a lot of stuff we're working on that we'll be sharing here soon but dcaing you can see here and you can go here and calculate just whatever amount that you're comfortable with i mean Jeff, you started with $10. I literally bought my first purchase of <laughs> cryptocurrency was Litecoin in early August of 2017. I bought a quarter of a Litecoin at a, at $41.02. I spent 10 bucks on my first purchase of crypto. Yes. And for the first year and change of crypto, my portfolio was less than $5,000. Actually, no, it was even less than that because I didn't have an income. The thing you guys got to realize on the, the reason that it was so important that I needed that, that the channel would help me out is because the first like year of me running the channel, I didn't have an income. I had a job lined up and I turned it down so I could focus on the channel. My dad was like, Jeb, what are you doing? You're the best employee there. I had a temporary position and they wanted to hire me as like an assistant manager. I turned it down and I told my dad, nope, I'm not taking that. I'm going to run this YouTube channel. I didn't have a penny for like a year. I was running the channel off of nothing. I had gotten a hundred bucks for for my, for Christmas in 2017. I used it to buy my first microphone. And so, yeah, it's just a really interesting story. I should probably make a long video explaining it all sometime. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Anywho, any other super chats? No, no super chats, but I was looking at chat and see if there's anything good in chat. Uh, someone, someone said that, uh, that their kid, they sent their kid to Clemson and he came back a Marxist with a master. <laughs> So Yeah, that's about any college in the United States nowadays, guys. Sorry about that. Colleges kind of suck. I don't really like the education system. That's why we try and help educate you guys here on cryptocurrency. So, guys, look, I've really enjoyed today's show. I love coming here and talking to you guys. Smash that like button if you haven't already, and consider dollar cost averaging. That's one of the best piece of, pieces of non-financial advice that I can give you is set aside some money every single week and just say, boom, I'm just going to buy Bitcoin. I'm just going to buy Ethereum. I'm just going to buy Cardano. I got my brother set up recently. He's putting 50 bucks 
one of my brothers, I have multiple brothers, he's putting 50 bucks into crypto every single Friday on a 50-30-20 split. 50% of it goes to Bitcoin, 30% of it goes to Ethereum, 20% of it goes to Cardano. That's what he's doing. I told him the exact same thing Kelly just told you. You do that for three years and you watch. You'll have a multi-five a multi figure portfolio and he's 18. You'll be 21 and you'll have $40,000 if you're not careful because there's so much returns in crypto. So just cut off the Starbucks, guys. Stop eating out every single day like I do. It's a bad habit and save that money. Watch it grow and uh you're gonna be very well off so guys any closing thoughts before we wrap it out or we're gonna go no uh razel zero just wants me to say the composite man so the composite man there you go mike markle just donated he said i'm extremely proud of you crypto jeb i'm also extremely grateful for your courage and dedication as you have enriched my life in so many ways mike that is so special to me thank you so very much man i really appreciate that guys here's what our mission and vision is i'm going to explain this really quickly and then we're going to go it is our vision to see a billion people watch, walking in financial sovereignty. What does that mean to us? Financial sovereignty is exactly what my journey was. I was trying to find out how to have sovereignty over my finances instead of my finances having sovereignty over me. I didn't come from much, and I didn't have much. I didn't really have the ability to pay for things when I needed them to. That's not the household I came from. It's just the way it is, and that's okay. I'm very grateful for my experiences. The point is, though, I wanted to have sovereignty over my finances. I didn't know how to articulate this even until a couple of months ago. I wanted to have financial sovereignty over my finances instead of my finances having control and sovereignty over me. I have now achieved that through the work that I've done here in cryptocurrencies and through the blessings of the Lord that is very, that, is, that, that has helped to grow this channel. So thank you very much to that. What I will say is that the reason that we care about financial sovereignty is because I truly believe the gate and key to a, a joyful and fulfilled life is to walk in the purpose that you were called to every single day. I believe that I'm walking in my purpose right now. Being on this camera, this is what I was born to do, is to come on this camera, teach you guys cryptocurrency, help you become financially sovereign. I believe with every fiber of my being that I'm walking exactly in the purpose that I was called to before I was even born. If you can find what that purpose is, which is a very difficult road and it might take time and your purpose changes... If you can find what that is and walk in it, I believe that you're going to have fulfillment and joy. But I also know that you're going to need to have your control over your finances to be able to fund that purpose. I have figured out how to achieve financial sovereignty, and I'm walking in my purpose, and I am on cloud nine every single day to come on this stream and talk to you guys and do exactly what I was called to do. So thank you guys so very much for walking through that journey with me. If you want to figure out how to achieve financial sovereignty in cryptocurrency markets, this is the channel for you. If you want to hear more about how to live a purpose-driven life, this also is the channel for you. Before we go, though, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure to follow us on our social media at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter. And we can also follow, you can also find us on uh, TikTok at CryptoJebOfficial. Make sure to sign up for CT2A if you haven't already. Thank you guys so very much for watching. Before I go though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching again as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.